if we have a broader understanding of generosity as a society, then maybe we can be more effective as a society in doing so. There are some words that definitions alone don't quite fully illuminate on their own. One in particular that I've been ruminating on lately is the term generosity. There's something so deeply human about being generous, being giving of our time, our resources, and our focus to others, and in some very important ways to ourselves. As leaders, we're taught to be generous with our time, ensuring our teams have the support they need. As teachers, we strive to be generous with our wisdom, imprinting ideas on curious minds in hopes that they will take them and mold them into their own versions of greatness. And as artists, we're taught to be generous with our talent, approaching our work with humility and servitude to the patrons who will appreciate and learn from it. But are these truly examples of generosity or just rules written into the playbooks designed to help cultivate successful leaders, teachers, artists, and so many other productive members of society? And when it comes to being generous with our resources, whether financial or otherwise, how do we know we're really doing it for all the right reasons? Reasons that live up to the weight of the term and the feelings associated with the concept of being generous. What then really is authentic generosity? To help me explore this question deeper, I sat down with Monty Wood, businessman and author of the upcoming book, Generosity Wins. Welcome to Living Untitled. So I just want to start with one kind of broad question because you've built into your book, I think, a, a great definition about generosity. And so I just want you to ground us in the conversation. Like, can you define for us what authentic generosity is? And I, and I like that you put the word, and I don't know if you use this every time you kind of talk about it, but I like that you use the word authentic ahead of generosity too, because you're making that that distinction here. There's this surface level notion of what generosity is likely that people kind of are aware of in some way, shape or form. But then there's the deeper level definition here, which is what I think you're trying to get at with authentic generosity. So can you just define that for us? Yeah, I actually think it's almost tragic the way generosity is being defined by the world in general right now, because this very definition is releases the power of what generosity is. And if you go online and you look up the definitions of generosity, most of them focus on giving money. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with giving money. It is a form of generosity. But, you know, one of the things I was excited about being on this, this podcast with you is you innately know that generosity is much more than that. And if I'm in a room with 30 people, which I've been a lot lately, <laughs> and I ask them what the definition of generosity is, there'll be 10 people that'll give a definition and then one person will nail it. Mm, interesting. Every single time somebody nails it. So there is this intuition as to what it is. So you ask what it is, and we've redefined, we've radically redefined generosity to be any act of give, giving kindness or support when given with no expectation of exchange or return from the recipient. So generosity can be anything. It can be a multitude of things, right? A multitude of actions. It could be as simple as a smile to somebody who really needs it on a given day. But if you're doing it with no expectation of exchange or return from the recipient, then it's being generous. And, and it's, you know, you're nodding your head because it's almost, it's almost so obvious, right? Totally. Well, and I love it how you've kind of redefined it in the way that you have, because first of all, uh, first of all, it's like I go online and I did it. I did it prepping for this conversation with you. I was like, I'm just going to search like, what does generosity mean? And I scrolled through all the definitions and I'm like, oh, 
it's miss it's missing all of the it, it's not a human definition. It doesn't encompass right. what generosity is for the human, right? On a truly personal, emotional level. And that's what you're describing here with your definition. And I think that's what you're ultimately trying to get at by evangelizing this, this definition that you've developed here for your book because it, it recaptures what's missing in the sort of standard definitions that I think a lot of us uh, are more aware of or exposed to or or practice, sadly, more regularly on a daily basis. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, the, the charities, right, charitable organizations, their goal is to raise money. And so they've been the influence of, of really... Um, defining what generosity is online and in many people's minds. But as soon as you limit it to giving money, right, you minimize the power. And I'll, I'll talk with you more about that because it's, it's, there's actually a lot of science behind this, which is incredible. But, you know, by, by broadening it, Right. So now there are with our definition, there are limitless ways to be generous every day. Limitless ways to be generous every day. If you do these things again with no expectation of exchange or return from the recipient and from the recipient is a really important part of the formula because there's a tremendous amount of return that comes to givers that is not from the recipient. And so that's what we found in the science. But we want anybody, not just people with money, but we want anybody and everybody to feel like they can be generous every day and harness this power to not only enable their own success, but to feel better, actually have better emotional well-being, emotional health, and at the same time, be able to impact the world. How does this differ from compassion in your mind? Because so, there's a lot of similarities here. Well, the co compassion, kindness, uh, mentoring, all, all these things, right? They they are all there's there. It's it's bifurcated. Yeah. So let's say that I am compassionate with my neighbor, mm -hmm. but. I really want him to trim his tree. And that's why I'm being compassionate. It's an exchange. And you know what? There's nothing wrong with an exchange, right? There, there's a time and a place for an exchange. But if I'm really compassionate with my neighbor with no expectation of exchange or return from mm. that neighbor, then it's generosity. Uh. Then it has the power that we'll discuss that is innate in yeah. generosity. Yeah. But there, it, it really is um, in business. You know, there are leaders that are generous with their employees because they want something from the employee, right? They want them to do their job better. There are also leaders that are generous with their employees to help them be successful in life, not necessarily just their jobs. And that is, that's the future of leadership right there because, you know, young adults have realized they can see through the exchange, right? Most people can see through the exchange. And when you see through the exchange, you lose a lot of the, the value that is there. Yeah, absolutely. I'm 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 glad you brought up business because I you're a business leader. You have been for many, many, many years. You've been successful as a leader in a lot of ways. So I'd imagine you're probably drawing from a lot of your own experience as you were thinking about as you were expanding on this idea for the book. How should business leaders in particular think about applying some of these principles that you're talking about around authentic generosity? Because it's one thing to go into a room when you're looking at your team, whatever that team structure that may be based on your organization, and have in your head that I, I'm I'm here to work in your best interest. But we all know there's a lot of pressure <laughs> on business leaders in the world from their board, from other stakeholders that are saying, hey, we also have to drive results at the end of the day here. So 
uh, maybe it's sort of like twofold in terms of a question. How how do they sort of practice this authentic generosity? But then also, how do they balance that tightrope of still getting results at the same time? Yeah. So this is really what led to the book. Um, it, the initial concept is when when I retired or stepped away from the business, I realized the way I had created success was by helping others be successful. And when I sat down with a customer, a partner, or an employee, I was really there to help them be successful as a person. And, and it, was, it was just kind of who I am, I think part of my upbringing. But as you know, the end result was tremendous. But it wasn't like I did it with an expectation from the individual. I just did it with an understanding that it would lead to more success for everybody. And so, uh, you know, like like we discussed right at the very beginning, when you and I would have dinner, we'd drink <laughs> wine, we'd talk business for five minutes, and then I really wanted to know about you and and who you were and what success was to you and how I could help. And you know, I, I did that for many, many years. So when I when I stepped away from business, I started mentoring uh young adults. And I I think at one point I had 12 or 15, somewhere in that range. And I led them through a process of identifying what their vision, their mission, and their values were. You know, just like companies that we used to yeah. do, right? Yeah. We do that with companies. But when I would do this, what surprised me was, you know, these millennials, Gen Zs, right? Um, that everybody says are so self-centered are not. Actually, their goals, their visions were almost consistently to either make the world a better place or to somehow help others. And I thought, but they felt helpless in terms of how to do it. And so I would explain that there is this power that is generosity and came up with this really ridiculous uh, formula. I said, okay, do me a favor. If this is really what you want to do, and this is really who you want to be, for the next 30 days, be generous with somebody with no expectation of exchange or return every single day. And as you can imagine, people's, the trajectory of their lives changed. They literally became different people in 30 days because they saw the power of it. Now, let me, let me elaborate here a little bit because- Please. <laughs> when I when I started doing research as to why this happens, I, I realized, I mean, there are studies and science on this that are are abundant, hundreds of studies. And and I thought, well, you know, I I'm not really one to talk about science. So I I sought out a co-author and I brought on uh Nicole Roberts, Nicole Fisher Roberts who's a, a doctor in public health, if you can imagine, which mm. I know is going to be interesting to you, right? Yeah. Because about community and support, totally. right? So she's a doctor in public health to help validate the science behind generosity. And then in the book, we interviewed the top uh, neurobehavior CEO at the largest ad agency in the world. We inter we interviewed the, one of the top neuroscientists at Abbott Laboratories on this on the on the power of generosity. And there there are two things that came out of it that are just absolutely spectacular. The first one is that when you are authentically generous, and thank you for for grabbing onto that word, I think very intuitive of you, right? But when you're authentically generous, your body changes. Dopamine levels go up in your body. Your hormone levels change. You actually become more content and more confident 
every time you do an act of generosity authentically. So imagine that you're having a bad day, right? If you're having a bad day, you're feeling depressed. You're you're not you're you're just not at your best. You can go out and do something generous for somebody and immediately get an emotional impact that is a positive one. So there's this power that we all have. And, and you're going to ask, well, well, no, I won't go there yet. But so, <laughs> but so, so then, right, then let's look at karma, mm-hmm. right? The concept of karma has been around for over a thousand years. Sure. Yep. So what is karma? Karma says that if you do something good for somebody, that it's going to come back to you, not necessarily from that person, but from the universe, right? If science says that you get an immediate emotional boost from being generous, and karma, and we'll talk about that more in a minute, (laughs) says that it's going to lead to good things coming back to you. It sounds pretty powerful. It does. And I I don't disagree. Look, I'm not a skeptic, shall I say, by any of this. And what I love that you've said is you have a lot of the research that's supporting this in terms of science. And, you know, I'm actually glad that you brought up a a concept like karma and introduced it as part of this. Because, you know, one of the first things that I think of in my head when I hear some of this philosophy around authentic generosity is, are we just trying to take Eastern sort of practices and Westernize them? Like, is that what's happening here with this concept about, the, I mean, literally, have you just sort of repackaged a, 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 a traditional Eastern philosophies now under this guise of authentic generosity and look no you know i don't say that in a in a uh, you know a, a, a scrutinizing lens i say that more just to kind of ask the question because it feels like you're taking a lot of these principles and maybe just trying to make them resonate with the rest of the world in a sense well you know me i'm i am uh, i'm i'm very curious about everything so i study eastern ways and in eastern medicines and western medicines and philosophy and stoicism and you know i i i enjoy all of that all the different religions i've read the quran i've read the bible you know i i'm curious about these things right what is interesting is that generosity is consistent across all of them every single one of them talks about the power of being generous with others with no expectation of exchange or return. And yet, as a civilization, we've kind of forgotten this. So I don't know if it's Eastern or not, uh, but I believe that it's universal in terms of historically how philosophers and religious leaders have talked about generosity. And then, so again, because I am... I'm a logical guy too, not just emotional. <laughs> yes. So there's a science behind it also. There is a science behind karma, which again, you're going to you're going to love because you are as curious as I am. And that that science is first of all it takes a bit of courage to be authentically generous. And this came out in one of our interviews and it, it kind of struck me like a hammer. I mean, my gosh, what a what a a profound thing to say, but it was a, 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 an entrepreneur who talked about how he grew his business by being generous, but it took courage to do it. And I thought, wow, that's that's a pretty amazing concept. But he said, you know, the more I did it, the easier it got and the better I, I got at it, right? So the science says that, or the studies, right, that when you are generous with others in a consistent way, you feel innately more worthy of receiving generosity from others or from the universe. You also, because you're doing it authentically, you trust generosity more from others or the universe. So what this means is you have set up by being generous, 
you've set your own emotional you've you've established or pre-established yourself uh, to receiving more abundance from life interesting yeah and and so you get an immediate hit and then you get you've pre-established you've you've set in your mind that one i'm worthy of this two i trust it and three i believe it's going to happen because i do it with others so then there's science that wraps the whole thing so here i'm going to play justin Boone for a minute. <laughs> I'm going to be the skeptic. I love I'm it. Say, well, Dig in. <laughs> yeah. So, so Monty, if 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 all these things are good for the giver, isn't isn't that being selfish? It's a right? fair question. I mean, you know, Justin, great question, <laughs> Justin. <laughs> <laughs> I just beat you to it. I, I, I know. So, I'm like, hey, you're, again, you're playing me. So, good question. <laughs> Yeah, well, I know you. So the answer is, and we 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 actually we we talk about in the book that there is an ROI to generosity, and that it's not being selfish to know that you will benefit yourself both short term and long term by being generous with others with no expectation of exchange or return from the recipient. All right. It's not being selfish. It's actually just being wise. Hmm. Interesting. It is what it is what philosophers have talked about for years, right? That if you are generous, it comes back to you. And they're not, they're not saying you do it for selfish reasons, but you do it to help others. And you know that ultimately it will come back to you. And that's why we call this a, a superpower, because the recipient wins, right? They get something with no expectations from them, right? The giver wins both immediately and long-term. And then the science goes on to prove that if you witness somebody being generous, you are more likely to be generous in the next 48 hours yourself. And if you're the recipient of generosity, you're like three times more likely to be generous with somebody else in a, a period of time. And I don't know the exact period of time. Huh. So how, so how on earth do you measure that? <laughs> yeah. Science. yeah, these are these are studies. You know, the 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 speaking of studies, you know, um Harvard came out with their 80-year study on happiness. Yes. Right? Yes. And their consensus was that the the key to happiness in life is meaningful relationships. And of course, meaningful relationships are based on trust, and generosity is one of the most important factors in establishing trust. You know that relationships are important, right, in life, both emotionally and in business. You know that trust builds relationships. You know that authentic generosity builds trust. So there's just this natural understanding behind what the their study says. Okay. Yes, trust. Take a step back further, though. You're talking about the actual recipe that is required to cultivate trust. And right now, I, I don't hear, besides this conversation with you, which is why we're talking in the first place, I don't hear the word generosity being brought to the table. It's not yet making its way into these conversations. And I hope that it will with you know this book and you certainly evangelizing this concept more. Is it because people don't yet know this? Is it because there's some aversion to generosity in this space? I'm just so curious. How did you magically stumble upon this if you did in this way? Well, it, it's it's a great question, and I, and, I, and I love it. People are going to think we rehearsed this, but we didn't. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So it all stems back to the radical redefinition of generosity. All of these wonderful things can either be an exchange, which comes with 
the expectation, right. right? Yeah, most of us are transactional. I, I, I'll admit, I'm often very transactional in the way that I navigate my world. I, yeah. I, I'm totally going to raise my hand and put myself in that camp because I think right. a lot of us fall in that camp. But, but if you're, if you're, if you're trying to build trust. If your goal is to build trust and relationships, all of those wonderful things, doing them without an expectation of exchange or return is what builds trust. And, and so it's, there's nothing wrong with doing it as an exchange, but if the goal is to build trust and to build relationships, then you do it authentically with the desire to help the individual not benefit yourself. And we have this innate ability to kind of know the difference. Describe that. What What is that ability? What, what does that feel like? <laughs> um, Help me understand this. <laughs> uh, that one may be over my head, but I, I don't have any science on that one. But 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 you you kind of innately know when somebody is doing something with an expectation of return, right? Sure. I think I think on the surface, yeah, I think you can always spot those, right? You always I mean, look, we've all been in that type of a situation to understand it. I think for the overthinker in a way, how do you from say I, I'm putting myself in the position of some of these folks you've mentored over the past few years? How do I remove this transactional mindset? And how do I know that I am acting, practicing with this mindset? You know, you said it 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 comes down to this thing that we just like know, we feel innately. How, how would I know? <laughs> what we're recommending in the book is the 30 days. You try it for 30 days. You, you, you know, after you've done it five times, five days in a row, and you've written down what you did and how it made you feel, you suddenly see generosity differently. And you realize the difference between an exchange and an authentic, generous act. So you're telling me I will cultivate my own awareness, which is maybe why it's hard to say there's some textbook definition of this is how you'll know, because it's one of those things that through my own practice, I will cultivate my own awareness of what it means. Yes. And it also depends on your background. In the book, so the book is written as a fable. It's a really fun read. It's about a young woman who ventures out in the world to learn the power of generosity. Her boss says, you either do this or you're gone. And uh, <laughs> so she does, and he lines her up with these 12 interviews. And But the interviews are real people that Nicole and I actually interviewed and then turned it into her interviewing these people. So it's a fun story, but the interviews are real. And these people all have different backgrounds. And this is the beauty. So some of these people learn generosity at a very young age. And, and, in, and it was just inculcated into their life. And others learned it the hard way. And, and so you get these different stories and different backgrounds of where they learned the power of generosity and how they learned it. And, um, and you know, again, all these people are incredibly successful and they relate back to where they, where they pick this knowledge up. And I think that, you know, again, some people are, are generous uh, right from the beginning because their parents teach them to do this. And one of my goals is, you know, I, I'm going to take my profits from the book and I'm going to actually buy books uh, and contribute them to organizations that, that support underserved communities. Because I think that these underserved communities, maybe these, these young people didn't have parents that played those roles. But the book is intuitive enough that when you read it, you understand it. 
And the tools are simple enough that when you use them, anybody can use them, and you start benefiting from it, you can learn quickly. So, you know, I'm I'm hoping that we can get these books into the hands of many people that may not be able to buy them and uh, that it will make a, a difference in their lives. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm actually uh, uh, really happy to hear that. And I could certainly point you to some amazing organizations, even some that, you know, we've had representatives of on the show here. That would, would just you be please, great for please, that. I'm looking, I'd love to have a list of four or five. Yeah. And I only have one right now. So please. Well, I happily make the introduction. Um, but I'm also glad to hear that you are looking at the other, looking at this multidimensionally in terms of who can ultimately benefit from this and where people are coming to this just from the onset based on their backgrounds. So you had mentioned you know, that the people you had interviewed in this book that um, this fictional character that you've created is interviewing, they're all successful in their own right in one way or another, which immediately in my head made me wonder, you know, what if she interviewed someone that came from less fortunate circumstances? How would she hear what generosity looks like from their perspective? Maybe, I, I, you know, there, there are unfortunately so many people that we're... We need to take into consideration here that maybe have not even been in an environment where generosity is even a word that can appear yet in their vocabulary. I mean, they're just trying to survive. So how do we how are you considering that as part of this overall equation that you're building around generosity? Well, many of the people that we interviewed, actually came from backgrounds like that. So what's interesting is is where they learned it. You know, some of it was family, some of it was friends, some of it was mentors, some of it was the church that they belonged to. They all learned it in different places. And that's why you're I think you're spot on where the journey for us all is different, right? If if I if I can share this with you and, you know, two years from now, you're a world famous commentator because of this, right? I, I would love that. And so maybe, maybe it's me that shares this piece of magic with you. Maybe it's the book with some. In the, in the book, the people we interviewed, it came from all different kinds of places. And that's that's the richness of it. It it was it was the same lesson, but it came from many different places. And our goals are really big for this book. It may be unrealistic, but I you want, know, yeah. <laughs> I I've I've always I've been able to uh, I I was this is I'm bragging a little bit, okay. But I've, I've, I've felt like I've always, I was blessed with vision. If I could see something, if I could write it down, then I could make it happen. I can see this making the world a better place. We have, we have really significant issues right now. Uh, depression, suicide, loneliness, right? De in depression, I think in 10 to 19-year-olds, it's one out of seven. A suicide, 15 to 24-year-olds, it's 10% uh, that have attempted and 20% that have considered it. Uh, our, you know, loneliness, <laughs> this was crazy, right? Seven months ago, the Surgeon General came out and said that we have an epidemic of loneliness in the United States. It's one in three. So, if you think about it, right, if you literally got up every single day, if a million people got up every single day and did one generous thing with no expectation of exchange or return from the recipient, I think it really changes the access, the access of the of the planet. And I I think that not only because 
it affects the recipients in a positive way, right? And it ripples, but it, the giver starts feeling better. You know, they become more confident. They become more content. They become more courageous. Be courageous in life. Start with small acts of generosity to learn how to be effectively courageous and then let it come back to you. You know, it's, it is, um, I don't know. I maybe I've just drank my own Kool-Aid, but I, I really well, you're an optimist. You always have been. <laughs> and I love that about you because it's inspiring. It's inspiring for people. Look, you know, we you you already kind of alluded to this, but for folks, you know, listening, you and I have known each other for years. I I you were a leader of an organization that I belong to. We've sat across from the table together where I was one of your employees that you were talking to. And you you've always shared that optimism. It's been something that has, I think, served you well in your career, in life, in a lot of ways. And I don't think it's I don't think it's a problem to I, I don't think you should dismiss it and say that, you know, this this optimism and how you feel about this mixed with your passion is is unfounded. You know what I mean? I think you're you're saying something that you're right. There's a lot of great potential in this in terms of what ultimately this can bring to so many others in the world. And you know, mentioning loneliness like you did, um, Vivek Murthy that you were talking about there, who you know ha, is certainly advocating for us to. Uh, come together in stronger, more formative ways to address the this epidemic that is loneliness here in America, but elsewhere around the world as well. You know, you're bringing some really interesting points up here about generosity as one of those new behavioral patterns that we all need to learn and model and share in our lives because it's not just the infrastructure, which is certainly a lot of what I think he is focused on and understandably so as, you know, a, a government official in some ways, but you're talking about these behavioral patterns that we also need to adult, adopt here with this practice of authentic generosity. Going back to science again. <laughs> yes, good. <laughs> I love this new side of Monty with science and all. This is great. <laughs> science and all. So the, according to uh, the people that we interviewed, humans are the only species that are known to be generous with others that they don't know and or will never know. It's actually... Yeah, it's it's credited with being why we've been able to form societies and civilizations, not solely, but as an important component for why we've been able to do that. So if generosity is core to what builds these civilizations and societies, has allowed us to do that and, and create the cooperation. If we have a broader understanding of generosity as a society, then maybe we can be more effective as a society in doing so. I don't, I don't expect our government to solve loneliness or depression. You know, I think it has to swell up from the people. I'm hoping that this, this very simple thing, not, not seven steps, not 10 things you have to remember, right? One simple behavior that can that you can use, you know, you can you can take your passion and make the world a better place, but you can also use it to feel better about yourself, create abundance for yourself in the future. <laughs> That skeptic brain just wants to come back in so Good. badly here. Bring it on. Not in a bad way, right? Again, because I, I agree with you. Look, I'm fully bought in on this. I'm sold because I love the language of anything. It's broadening, you know, it's like, or rather expanding my own vocabulary that I want to pull from when it comes to thinking about how we're, how can we build community? How can we support community? You know, I, 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 I'll admit I hadn't really before connecting with you on this, hadn't really thought of the word generosity as part of that toolkit that I was pulling from to think about developing some of these ideas, concepts around it. So I'm excited by that here. 
So then I just also kind of wonder is if it's so obvious and simple, there's got to be there there there's got to be something that's like what's what's the catch you know what are the barriers what are these big 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 barriers that are holding us back from putting this into practice every day yeah it is the misunderstanding of what generosity is it is the misunderstanding it is the belief that you really can't be generous you know the store clerk uh, you know, can't be generous because she doesn't have enough money. When in effect, she has the opportunity to be generous with people every single day in terms of how she treats people, if done with no expectation of her exchange or return. So we have a, a huge obstacle in how people perceive generosity now. And, and quite frankly, I, you know, we thought, is there a better term? But it truly is what generosity is. It's been defined for years, like I said, by philosophers and, and the various religions, right? So this is what it is. It's just that our culture has masked it, has, has somewhat disguised what it is, and we need to lift the veil to what it is so that people can use that power again. And it won't be, it won't be an easy task. But, you know, I, I've We've had uh, we've had great success so far. We were number one on Barnes and Noble last week, and this is just pre-sale. It's amazing. So Congrats! That's kind of fun. Yeah, yeah. And we've had about two thousand copies sold pre-sale so far. And interestingly enough, people are buying more than one copy. So the idea being that they're going to gift this to others as a form of generosity. And so there's a there's a bit of a um there's a bit of a wave that's building around you know gift this book gift it to yourself and gift it to others because this will be a very valuable thing for you. One concept, one idea, simple, easy and fast. Yeah, absolutely. If you you know if you wanted to challenge your listeners, right? For the next 10 podcasts, you would ask them, have they been generous without expectation of exchange or return every day for the last seven days? And start getting feedback from your listeners because the ones that do it are going to come back to you and say, I have no idea how this happened. But I started doing this, and this changed in my life, and this changed in my life. And it's uh, it's really consistent that way in terms of how it works. Some people, literally within a week, and some people it takes a little longer. But if they really do it and track it, it makes change. You know, I always like to ask this question of folks that are solution-focused in terms of uh, the work that they're doing, Obviously, something like this with the transformative power that you've talked about here, what does ultimate success, and I'm not saying for you, because again, that would be saying that that would be uh, betraying your own concept of authentic generosity, but collective success, ultimate collective success, what does that look like if you wake up one day and everyone in the world, everyone in society is coming from a place of practicing authentic generosity, how will you know that you were successful in this or or anyone was successful in kind of transforming the world in this way? It's a deep question, <laughs> of course. Um, so we have some more surface ways. One, you know, our, we're, we're hoping, we're, our, we have a goal that this becomes the most gifted book in modern history. So hmm. the Quran and the Bible, we're not going to surpass, right? But <laughs> the most gifted book in modern history. And then three years from now, if you pick up a newspaper, right, and you read that, that a politician is running on a platform of authentic generosity and is talking about 
the power of authentic generosity and our ability to change the world by helping each other versus expecting things from others. You know, then then the change is started. It won't it won't it won't be complete in 3 years, but if there's articles about this power in mainstream media and if there are influential people that are picking this up because it's so simple and easy and promoting it, then I think the wave has begun. All right. Well, then look into the far future. If that's the three-year timeline, look into the very far future. What does our world look like 50 years from now if everyone is, if this is so ingrained in the bedrock of society by that time? So you, you, you'll never eliminate evil and greed, but if you have an overabundance of people who understand generosity, then they will overpower the evil and the greed. And we will retake control of those things that we need to take control of in order to have a civilization that cares for each other and takes care of each other, cares for the world, you know, cares for, you know, the 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 general outcome of civilization. And right now there's a tremendous amount of of greed and power mongering, right? That is so evident to us all. And it's not one political party. It's not one nation. You know, it is, it's pretty prevalent throughout the world. And in order to change that, people need to feel like they have a power and that they have it in common. The one beautiful thing about uh, being out on the road and presenting this, I've done a lot of presentations recently, is I've probably presented to a thousand people. Not one person disagrees with the fact that the world needs more generosity. You know, it is, it's a universal thing that when they understand what generosity is, everybody agrees that it's, it's powerful and we need more of it. So it is something that can bridge divide right? It can actually, you know, two people that disagree on everything could probably agree on this. And if they can find one thing they can agree on, maybe they can agree on more things. And if you go back to the fact that it is inherent in how we build societies and civilizations as a component, then somewhere in there, by reactivating, reigniting what we already know how to do, we can change the world. You know, the, one of the the um, one of the people we interviewed, uh, so smart, so smart, uh, CEO of a very very large technology company. We asked him, or Emily asked him, you know, but how does how does technology play into this? And he was so quick. He said, technology is accelerating karma. He said, uh, goodness follows you faster and broader now than it has ever, and it will continue to be faster and broader across all technology platforms. And he said the reverse is just, just as uh, true. If you do something bad, you know what? It follows you. And so, you know, technology actually could be an accelerator of this idea if enough people understand what it is and promote it. You know, the, I think another obstacle is that, you know, generosity doesn't, goodness, kindness, generosity doesn't sell newspapers or ads, you know, because for some reason we, we hunger towards the, the negative. So I think it's, I haven't quite figured it out, but there's, there's a twist somewhere there that um, makes it attractive to read about how this is working. And um, you've got to figure that out. I, I believe what you're saying. I wholeheartedly believe it. I have probably played with similar concepts throughout the years as I think about 
what we should be doing, what we could be doing to help society. Again, going back to my core question, which is just about building and sustaining thriving communities made for everyone. Generosity, like, sure, it's a word that I probably needed to bring into that that con conversation sooner. But, you know, I definitely probably was getting at it with a lot of other words. You're, you're just, you're making it appealing to someone like me, but now you have to find a way to make it appealing to all and also make it appealing to talk about and all of our ways in which we disseminate communication or information in the world. And that will be a new fun challenge for you, a new fun frontier as you continue to build on this. The goal is to make it simple and easy, right? And if I can explain it in 30 minutes and a book can explain it in one book, then, you know, it's simple and easy. And it's and it's really easy to implement and to practice and to try. When people try it, they're going to be surprised. Do you want you want one last uh, concept to mull over? Please, please, by all means. So not only did we redefine generosity, we also defined self-generosity. Well, we find that people that are effectively self-generous can be have a capacity to be more generous with others. So it's actually a compounding formula. But we, we define self-generosity as any act that moves one closer to becoming the person they want to become. Overindulgence is not self-generosity. Self-care is a component of self-generosity, but it's only a small component of self-generosity. Anything you do that moves you closer to becoming the person you want to be internally, right, is being self-generous. It's making you feel better about who you are and the, your progress in life. And so we create a formula for that in the uh, book as well. Well, I can't wait to uh, read about Emily discovering that in her conversations. <laughs> <laughs> and Monty, I just have to say thank you. Thank you for, goodness, you probably hear this too much these days, but thank you for being generous with your time in having this conversation with us, in sharing all of this with us. And yeah, I look forward to the book. Hey. It was it was great seeing you, great chatting with you, and you haven't changed a bit. And you're right, we, we do need to get together and do this uh, yeah, face to face one of these days. And Please, I, I always enjoy your, uh, you know, your perspectives, your challenges. You think about things differently. You ask questions differently. You know, your heart is in the right place, and that's why you're doing well. Well, thank you, sir. I appreciate it. As are you. Goodness, look what you're creating. I love it. I love it. Well, we'll uh, we'll see in the the near future. Yes, absolutely. Thank you, Monty. This episode was produced by the Untitled Future team. For more information about Untitled Future, please visit us at untitledfuture.com or follow us on LinkedIn. And for more episodes, please subscribe to our show wherever you listen to podcasts. Once again, I'm your host, Justin Boone. Thanks for listening. And remember, life's better when you belong.